welcome to the Soul Ed Podcast with me, intuitive life and business coach, Amelia Francesca. Soul Ed is for the big-hearted visionaries who know they want to play a little differently in this world. It's your space to connect deeper with your inner guidance and in turn live out your most liberated, radiant and expansive life. Good morning, my friends. So nice to be back with you. And today is a really juicy episode for me, I think. (laughs) I've been really excited to sit down and record this one. And so I can't wait to hear how you find it. And I hope this feels really supportive for you. Um, What we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be going over the main questions that I get asked as a business coach. So going over the areas that have come up time and time again with clients, whether it's been in one-to-one calls, in my group programs, questions that I get asked from people in my community and on Instagram or on my mailing list. And also I did throw out a little Instagram question box um, as well just to see if there was anything else so rather than like very specific personal questions that have been sent in by certain people I'm more going to be speaking to the areas of things so the areas that I always always get um, asked about with clients and often coaching areas such as where to get clients niching comparison what to do when you get creativity blocks and your inspirations dried up, um, making money, like all of the different things, changing direction in biz when you want to pivot, what to do when you feel like nothing is working, sales, all of the stuff. So I can't wait to kind of dive in and give some insights. And I'm just going to preface it that I haven't planned any of what I'm about to say. I know the areas that I'm speaking to, but I have no idea Um what's going to come through because I'm just going to let it come through as though you are sat in front of me right in this moment asking me my my thoughts my opinions my guidance on this area and that just feels like the most organic beautiful way to do it rather than pre-plan this is what I would normally say in this instance etc etc so without further ado let's dive into the first one Okay, so question number one is, where do you get your clients from? And a question like this, I always think people ask, people always ask you, where do you get something from? Or how do you do that? Because they're hoping that within your response, they'll hear what they need to do in order to achieve the thing so people want to ask me where do you get your clients from so they can hear me say it back so then they can be like oh maybe that's where I should get my clients from maybe that's where I should be you know putting my efforts in whereas really who's to say that I'm getting who's to say that I'm doing it quote-unquote right you know um because there really is no right or wrong in terms of where it is you want to call clients in from it is a lot about personal preference. So I will share where I get mine from. um, But I'm also going to just speak a little bit to this as well, because it's, you know, I work with clients who don't use Instagram, but instead they might have a Facebook group. And I work with clients who don't use Facebook and don't use Instagram, but instead they have a mailing list and a podcast and a way of funneling people into their website so that they can get eyes on their work in their website. Um, 
I have people who do all of those things. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter in terms of <clears throat> there's no one golden place that you need to be. And the only people that will ever tell you that, the only people that will be like, you have to be on Instagram or you have to be on Facebook or you have to be on LinkedIn or you have to be on Pinterest or you have to have a blog or you blah, 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 blah. Those are the people who are, that's their job. <laughs> like they'll be telling you that because then they'll be selling you a course about how to market yourself on Instagram, you know, or ask yourself where it is you're seeing those things. The person who's like, you need to have a YouTube channel. You'll be seeing that as your advert before you click on your, you know, YouTube video you're watching. So take it with a pinch of salt. There's no one golden place to be. Really, it's more about the way that you feel about the platforms you're on. Now, there's a lot to be said about this because you might find that you've you were kind of put off certain platforms and you think it's the platform, but actually it's that deep down you don't feel safe yet to share your voice, share your expression, be seen, put photos up of yourself, show yourself celebrating, show yourself winning, show yourself as the amazing coach, graphic designer, healer, yoga teacher, light worker that you are, you know? Um, or it could be that you don't actually like that platform. So for example, I'm all about Instagram. I love Instagram. I love it. I get so much enjoyment out of my Instagram and my community and Instagram. I don't like Facebook. Like I'll be on Facebook for a few things, but the thought of running a Facebook group, to be honest, just feels so exhausting. And I have run a Facebook group before, like a public Facebook group. And it only lasted for a couple of months because I realized like what I felt like I needed to put into it just wasn't fulfilling me. So therefore it's feeling like a chore rather than a delight. Whereas Instagram for me feels like a delight. And that's because I also have like boundaries and rules within that. Like I'm very boundaried with how much time I spend on it, um, creating over consuming. Um, although I'm human. So of course there's slip ups with that. And sometimes you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. All I've done this week is consume. I haven't really created. And I now feel like I have no original ideas because I've watched what everyone else is doing and convinced myself that I have nothing to share. But for the vast majority, boundaries in place. And also I know what I will and won't do. So for me personally, the thought of doing reels is like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Really couldn't, really couldn't. Um, but I love writing long posts. I love showing up on stories. I love creating this community energy in my space. I love doing lives when I feel called to, you know? So there's no, like, don't let the platform convince you you have to do things that you don't want to do or be things that you aren't. You don't have to suddenly be louder or wilder or have a certain color theme or you don't have to become quieter or more, um, you know, show less of yourself kind of thing. You just be you on those platforms because the best thing we can do both in our in the way that we attract clients both online and offline is be the us that they'll that they'll experience once they've signed up to work with us so it's being the us that they receive once they then are being coached by us or working with us as their healer or their designer or um their yoga teacher etc it's like being all of you that you would be once they've signed up in your online and offline platforms
that's the best thing you can do. So find the spaces where you feel you can do that and equally have that discernment to sort of pay attention to, is it that I don't like this platform or is it that I'm kind of holding myself back or feeling I don't like it because I've told myself it means a certain thing. Like for instance, if I thought that the only way I could do things on Instagram was I had to do reels, I'd be like, oh, I hate Instagram, but I know that I don't have to. And I know that it doesn't affect me attracting in clients or not if I don't do them, you know. So it's about that like discernment as well of like you get to make the own your own rules. Um, so where I tend to attract my clients from, and this has um definitely uh switched up a little bit because I'm four years into my business now. So I've built a um saying I built a name for myself feels a bit as though I'm like this huge well-known coach um but in terms of building credibility for myself that's what I've done built credibility for myself so therefore I receive nowadays so many more referrals and returning clients than I would have done in my first year for example so I tend to I would say there's kind of like a generally an even split between attracting clients through Instagram through referrals and returning clients and then the the rest of that split the rest of that 33.333% would be through my website, through um, guest appearances. So for instance, if I'm a guest on someone's podcast or a guest on someone's um, mastermind, et cetera, and then their clients kind of funnel into my space. Um, and also through a few other platforms that I'm on, such as um, the emotion code work that I do, my energy healing work that I do. I'm on a web, a couple of websites for that where my where people can see my profile and then that gets funneled to my website. So they kind of get eyes on me from there. Um, and then also in real person meetings. So I've literally um, ended up working with people who I met at the gym or I met at a coffee shop or I met on the beach or I met at a swimming pool. Um, and it's never a case of me going through life kind of pursuing people as my clients, but just through naturally having a conversation or or even, you know, some of those people became friends first and then went on to become clients. So, yeah, those are those are kind of like the main areas. And I would say, like, with all of those, the key component with all of those, whether you want to attract people from an online platform or through referrals and returning clients or through all of those other kind of things I mentioned, is you have to just focus on being really good at what you do, like being so good in your field of what you do, being so certain that you have the ability to provide what it is that you're saying that you provide that then yes marketing is really important because you could be the best in the world but if you just sit at home all day and never go out and never talk to anyone and never put your face out there no one's ever going to know about you so you just be this excellent person in your craft twiddling your thumbs but equally the very best thing we can do is just be so good at what we do and care so much about what we do and keep deepening our skills because people will refer you people will um come back people will hear you talking about what you do and be so drawn into it that they're like oh my gosh I think that I need that and I I'm already like know and trust you because I've met you a couple of times in real life like etc um and it 
really shines through in terms of our marketing as well when we trust in our abilities and we trust in how good we are at what we provide. It comes from an energetic level and it also comes through with when I work one-to-one with clients so often if they say are in their first couple of years of business and, and kind of really landing into knowing that they're really effing good at what they do if they're still like landing into that often there can be a resistance to like really using our voices sharing what we want to share um promoting our services because there's still that reservation of am I good enough in my modality am I good enough as this person to get them those results or to um so that they'll be pleased with the outcome or they'll have a great experience, et cetera. Whereas when we're doubled down in our belief, in our abilities and our ability to provide whatever it is that we're offering, then it feels so much more seamless and easy to be visible, to show up, to share our services, to talk about them because we're like, I know they're so good. I don't need to convince you that they're really good because I'm kind, you know, it's not this kind of warped thing of like, I'm going to convince you they're really good so that then by you buying into it, I've then convinced myself that it's really good. It's like we start by already knowing that it's really good and we don't need to convince anyone about it. We'll just welcome people in whilst we keep sharing our services. So that is where I call in clients from. And I hope there's a little bit of food for thought with that one. Okay, let's see what's the next one. Okay, creativity and inspiration dried up. So what to do when you feel like all of your creativity is gone, all of your inspiration is gone, perhaps a bit of your mojo is capiche, out the window. What happened to it? Okay, first off, in all seriousness, can we talk about the fact that the last 18 months has been wild for everyone? Yeah? Um, (laughs) And so... I'm not going to lie. When I was in lockdown for the equivalent of about seven months of a year, I did sometimes find it quite hard to be deeply inspired and have a lot of creativity because there wasn't much to kind of pull off of. Every single day looked the same. You, You couldn't really tell the difference between a Tuesday and a Sunday. Every day was essentially really very much the same. You're confined to a much smaller world than you've normally been used to. You're not going out as much. You're not seeing people. You're not having as many conversations. And that for me made a huge difference in my creativity and my inspiration because I draw so much of my inspiration for what I do by just having chats with friends or when I walk and like go to get brunch, like just seeing, like witnessing other people, like people watching and seeing what they're doing and what they're saying, how they're feeling. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I want to talk to that. Getting really inspired by um, life around you, like how many lessons there are when you just are exploring nature and you just like are looking at a tree and it gives you a whole epiphany about life and then you go and want to share it, you know? So when you are feeling like your life is very much locked down and quite small and you're used to being a lot more bigger and expressive, then that could be playing a big part into any part of you that is feeling like there's a lack of creativity and inspiration. And I know that some of us in various countries or in various areas, etc. Um, life has gone back to being much bigger again, back to quote unquote 
more normal, etc. Um, and there's many people who are still experiencing lockdowns and things. So I just want to throw that out there because I think that's something that's just so could be so easy to brush past and just be like, what's wrong with me? What's where's my creativity gone? But it does also speak to what my main suggestion would be is if you feel like all your creativity and inspiration is gone, what are you doing in your life outside of anything to do with work and business that is making you feel inspired? What are you doing outside of anything related to work and business that is pulling at your creativity cord that is making you feel really creative? Like, it's such a shame sometimes when we get so wrapped up that we kind of save these qualities that we have. We're all creative beings. We're all inspired beings. And we kind of save all of that and we just plug all of it into our work and businesses. And then we kind of empty that tank and we're like, oh, yeah, like my mojo's all gone. Whereas it's like, let's... I remember, I always remember this from a yoga video I used to do when I was like 10 years old. I used to have this yoga VHS video that I used to watch and do with my sister. Um, Don't ask why we did yoga at 10. I think, to be honest, I'm very pleased that we did because I've still got a lot of flexibility now, but we were homeschooled. There was very few things to do. Um, I used to, yes, this video, sorry, I'm getting (laughs) getting sidetracked. Um, This video I used to watch, the yoga teacher used to say, the more energy you use, the more energy you have. And I was like, whoa, that's profound as a 10 year old, because I was like, but surely the more energy you use, like the more tired you are. Um, But it's so true, isn't it? Like I'm literally recording this episode after slogging at um, a class, like a gym class the last hour. And I'm like, whoa, I've got so much energy right now. But anyway, I would love to apply this, this to the creativity and inspiration piece of the more creativity you use, the more creativity that will be there. Like we need to keep replenishing it and refueling it. But rather than trying to channel it today into like, okay, right, I need to bring back this creativity spark. Let me think of something creative to do for my business or what's my next offering going to be or what's my next this going to be? Can you just for the next few days, three days, five days, seven days, release that pressure of needing to bring something like creative through and instead go into your life away from your work and business and bring your creativity back. And that's going to look like essentially listening to your intuition, listening into what you're drawn to. Can you cook some different meals than like the usual stuff you'd always cook? Can you go on different routes when you go for your daily walk than you'd usually go on? Can you, are you like, is, is your creative expression through dance is it through um going to the gym and doing different workouts is it through art is it through like getting out your paints or getting out your pen pens and pencils and coloring like um is your creative expression through um the way you dress the way you do your makeup like how it how do you creatively express yourself when you're not applying it to work and business and can you just like give yourself full permission to go all in on reigniting that piece of your life and if you're someone like me who I never would have classified myself as being creative because I always 
essentially just put creativity down to being an artist um, in some way, you know, then actually it's been such a, a, a realization for me over the last few years as I've learned so much about intuition of realizing actually no we're all such creative beings because we're constantly creating everything right now I'm creating this podcast right now I'm creating a conversation with you um we're we're constantly creating things we're creating things in our relationships and our friendships and our life like we're bringing things to life and so we're all creative beings and if you still kind of struggle a little bit with um the creativity piece can you just focus on having some fun in your life so if if you're kind of trying to think like what would creativity in my world look like then can you just look instead to fun and spontaneity because essentially they're gonna be similar things fun and spontaneity is going to call for you to bring out that playful side that intuitive led side that part of you that like throws caution to the wind and it's just like yeah I'm gonna go rollerblading or yeah I'm gonna go do this or I'm gonna go do yoga in the park that I never do um and oh my gosh, just imagine how beautiful that's going to be and how much you're going to come back to yourself, come back to your own channel, come back to feeling fully expressed as the human being that you are. And then you get to go and add some of that into your work and business again. And it is going to be one of those pieces of can you just pull away from putting this pressure on yourself to like have the next download and instead just go and live a little experience a few things and let it start to tinker through and something that's really supported me um is this knowing of before the download comes like so before the download of what is going to be one of the greatest ideas that you'll have one of the greatest offerings you'll bring about to life or the greatest you know thing that eventually you're just going to go on with your business like before the download we tend to think like nothing's happened because it's like I have no idea what the download is going to be or what the next inspiration piece is going to be what the next project is going to be what the next pivot is but actually everything that happens right up until that download comes through is what needed to happen for the download to come through so you going rollerblading or you cooking yourself that different meal or you doing some artwork or you plugging out of social media for a week so you can just like explore what you're thinking in your own mind is going to be contributing to the download that's going to come. So that space of like almost silence before the download comes isn't non-serving it's actually really serving us so can we honor that space and and honor that silence and know that the silence is such an important piece before the download can come so let's not judge it of like where's the freaking download instead knowing that it's on its way it's coming and what we're doing is contributing to that Okay, friends, the next area is niching. Mm. Okay, I could talk about this one for days. So let me just give you the most potent thing for right now. Okay, niching the word itself really irks me. (laughs) I call it dream client or ideal client because niching, I think, 
holds a connotation of it needing to be a very, very one concise labeled boxed thing. And I think this is why so many people struggle with niching and are put off by it. When I think about so many clients that have come to me when they're in their first year, or even you could be in your second or third year, but you've sort of started to pivot in your business. And so you're noticing that therefore your niche is changing. So many of them, when they come to me, it's like, but what do I do? Because I want to help everybody. And yet I got told that if I try to help everybody, I'm helping nobody and my marketing is going to be shit and blah, 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 blah. Um, but the thought of just minimizing myself down to I'm this and I help this person just doesn't feel like me. And it can start to feel very um, just like copy and paste as well, can't it? Where it's like, hi, I'm such and such. And I am a coach for millennial women who want to lose the last 10 pounds. And it's just like, oh, God, like, no. <laughs> You've got me in a very honest mood today, folks. You really do. Um, so I, I just want to say, like, I completely resonate with that. Like, I resonate with this irritation to it niching and the confusion that comes around it. And I have a very different approach to that compared to, like, the normal concept. So my biggest belief is... The very work that you're doing now, like the very business that you've set up, the very work that you're doing, it didn't just come about because you were like, I should do that. It came about because you allowed yourself to listen to your inner guidance, your intuition, your soul. You allowed yourself to take some huge risks you allowed yourself to step away from perhaps what was expected of you or what you expected of yourself and retrain or create a business um, or, you know, listen to the nudges from your soul that was telling you you're a healer, you're a coach, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're supposed to be doing X, you know. And you honored those pieces and you wouldn't be here right now listening to this in the position you're in as a business owner and having this beautiful, soulful business if you hadn't honored listening to all of those pieces. And so when it comes to niching, let's make sure we're honoring all of those things rather than it being like you get to honor your intuition that got you into the position you're in now. But then in order to be able to be marketable, we now need you to put a label on yourself of this is who you are and this is who you serve. And I just think that so many of us feel so free when we finally start these soulful businesses in whatever it is that we're supporting people with because we're being our fullest expression of ourselves and we've escaped the box that either society has put us in or we've put ourselves in or our peers have put ourselves in and we feel this this deep freedom and so the last thing that you want in business is to then put yourself back in a box of like this is the only people that I can help or this is the only um 
stuff that I offer like I only have one offer because it that's what these people need etc that's why I think it's so hard for people because it's like but it's how can I I don't feel like I'm honoring myself or my soul by defining it as like I help this person you know now there is the exception to this because I sometimes see clients who have a very 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 defined almost condensed uh dream client and it's their biggest soul joy to work with that very defined person and that's very much so a part of their journey they were like I came in and I knew I wanted to serve primary school teachers as a coach or I came in and I knew that I wanted to do yoga for um corporate women to really stress like you know it's it's it can be super, super precise. So this isn't me saying like, if it's, if you find that yours is really precise, this isn't me saying like, that's wrong. You need to broaden it. It's about honoring what feels real good for you. And likely those are the people that I don't end up needing to support them with transforming their niche because they're already like, I'm landed here. So this is for the people who are like, help, help me, help me with my niche, you know? So okay can we just first off just like honor this piece honor this piece of you get to help whoever you want to help and spoiler alert that won't actually be everybody you might deeply care about everybody you might deeply care about humanity you might deeply want everybody in this world to be thriving but spoiler alert the people that you are drawn to won't be absolutely everybody you'll be drawn to a specific type of person or specific types of people and so don't worry if you can't figure out whether they come from the city or they live in the countryside or whether they're between 20 to 30 or 40 to 50. I don't necessarily think the demographics is what matters I think it's about going a, a layer deeper than that and looking at their core beliefs, their core problems, their core feelings about themselves, what their deepest longings are, what they really crave, like what they really deeply long for in their lives um, or in the area that you support people with. And a way to kind of start to just get, get an example for yourself of realizing that you have people that you're naturally more drawn to in terms of who you want to work with is to first off think of your five closest friends and think about within those five people who you'd be really drawn to work with in the space that you work so if you're a coach who you'd be really excited to coach if you're a PA who you'd be really excited to work for if you are a designer etc healer etc yoga teacher etc who would you be really like oh my god I'd love to have you in my class or I'd love to have you as a client or I'd love to work with you and starting to ask yourself why is that why is it that that specific person you're like oh my gosh yes and the other one you're like maybe not like maybe that wouldn't work so well and then branch out beyond your five closest friends think of so say if you have a day job that you go to think of your colleagues or you could think of your previous colleagues from your last job you were in before you went full-time in your business or think of five people at your gym or five people at a hobby that you go to say if you go to like netball every week or something um think of five people in that space and again observe who would you so want to work with and I remember I used to do this when I very first started coaching I'd sit on the tube on my way to work and just observe the people in the coach and be like 
um, observe the people on the tube, sorry, and be like, oh yeah, like I feel like I'd be drawn to coach that person and that person and that person, because you can pick up on people's energy. You can pick up on perhaps where they're at in life a little bit, just from simply observing them. Um, but even more so you can do it with people you actually know, people you converse with, people you've got to know their personality, their desires, their traits, how they show up, how you think they'd show up as a client of yours, how you think they'd show up in your space, etc. So you'll start to recognize from that alone that there's people you're more drawn to. So again, it's not that you don't want um it's not that you don't want everyone in life to be thriving, but you probably don't want to actually help everyone. Like if you got to work with people who lit you up so much it might not be everyone in fact it won't be everyone there'll be certain people that you're more drawn to so really it's just solidifying that and starting to come um more close with that and a lot of the ways at the very beginning the way we establish this is to get ourselves out there is to take on lots of clients in whatever it is that we do so that we can really experience this felt good, this didn't feel good, this felt really exciting because of X, Y, and Z, and this didn't, especially in a coaching context, right? Like, actually, I was going to say especially in a coaching context, but I was thinking about a client that I have of mine who's a, a graphic designer, and she even shared with me recently, she was like, oh, the people that I work with now, they're literally like my dream clients, because the projects are what I've always like enjoyed working on and I already had that nailed like I know the kind of people I'm drawn to work with in terms of what projects I work on with people but the people I'm working with now they're like it's like we have such a laugh in our sessions we get on so well they are deeply trusting of me and so we kind of started to from that establish who these people are at a deeper level so that she then feels even clearer on who it is that really clicks for her and the same with coaching is I remember thinking, oh, I'll probably want to coach in specific areas of life. So I, I started out as a life coach and I still do a lot of life coaching now. I probably have about um, 60 to 70 percent business clients and then 30 to 40 life coaching clients. And I remember starting out thinking, oh, I probably want to coach people in certain areas like their their own inner world you know whereas nowadays I think about it I think about the last like two weeks alone and I was coaching people in um, their relationships and their marriages coaching people um, as mothers and how they're showing up in motherhood coaching people through career changes coaching people on money coaching people on their side hustles um coaching people with um wanting to restore their health like I actually realize it really for me I love coaching on anything but it's more about who the client is that it really excites me so it doesn't need to be one specific area of thing that I coach in more it's I have a more dream and specific client that I coach and this is why I feel like I've been able to establish a business where I life coach and I business coach because the woman I speak to is the same woman. It's just some of them are entrepreneurs running a business listening to this podcast episode, you know, and some of them are still in a paid in, um, a, in an employed role or doing something a little bit different. Like they're the same woman bar that little separation so it means that whatever I post on Instagram will speak to you whether you would be pursuing being a life coaching client or a business coaching client majority of the time obviously sometimes when I'm marketing a specific program or sharing sharing specific offer I have on that's 
you know, whether it's and it's more life coach focused or more business coach focused, that'll be slightly different. But for the majority of the time, it's the same person, which is why I'm able to essentially have what some people would look at and say, you've got two niches, but really it's it's just the same woman who is following her soul's calling. And some people's soul's calling is to set up a business and run run that. And some people's isn't, you know? Um, so yeah, I would really just start to first off, like essentially pull back and let yourself broaden way out again. Um, and then you'll start to naturally condense down by realizing you are drawn to helping certain people. Think of the clients that you've currently got or the clients you've already had. Who did you love to work with and why? Think about those five friends, those five work colleagues or gym buddies, etc. Think about if you could talk about something to all day, every day, what would it be? What what are those things? What are you, what do you wish everyone in this world knew? What is the problems that you wish you could solve for people? And like, just allow yourself to completely get real excited about this, write it all down, get really hyped up about it, and then start to look for the themes after. I think sometimes the logical mind wants to have a theme so quickly um, and some sort of like certainty or stability so quickly that we don't allow ourselves to just really fully express it. And the likelihood is, is that underneath all of those things, that one person still becomes clear. I always remember having a, um, I was running a group coaching program and one of the women was like, I feel so stuck with who I am as a coach because I want to coach on body confidence. I also want to coach on spirituality and I also want to coach on health and I also want to coach on um, like businesses and I also want to and, and she was like this is it's just too much and so I got her to write down all those different areas that were really coming through for her and then find what were the common themes amongst them all what was really important to her that came through amongst each and every one of them and for example one of them was like listening to your gut listening to your intuition so whether you applied that to body confidence or to spirituality or to setting up a business it was about following your true north irrelevant of what someone else was sharing with you so we're like okay there's one common theme so we just started to bring in all these different common themes that so then it didn't feel scattered for her then she started to get really clear on the kind of woman that she was speaking to the kind of person she was speaking to so there's so many additional ways that we can do this from a really feminine, soulful approach, but it's still going to have structure to it. So you won't feel like really scattered, like, who is this person that I'm speaking to? It's like, we want it to feel really clear for you, but it, it might be clear in that you know who they are at their soul level, as opposed to, as I say, that they're a certain age range or they're a certain gender or they're a certain X, Y, Z. Um, so really give yourself permission to go deep with the exploration here um, and as with anything as with anything in business it's gonna support you just to get as many um, practice you know as much practice in as possible as many clients in as possible as many people through that door as possible for you to really live it out and see and start to get clarity in that way like with action comes clarity so focus on coaching or supporting or helping as many people as you can and it will all start to become clear of who you're really drawn to 
Okay, I'm going to do one more and then we're going to break this into two episodes because I still have so many more things to talk about and a big old list of questions. Um, so the final one for today is what to do when comparison is hitting you. Um, honestly, I'm seeing comparison come up a lot more these days because I think that even just in the space of the four years that I've been doing this work, that social media has really started to shift and change in terms of just feeling like you constantly are bombarded with other people doing a very similar thing to you or other people in your eyes doing something better than you. Um, I think there's just a lot more of everyone around these days. Like you see more coaches, you see more healers, you see more online yoga teachers, you see more designers, you see more light workers um, than you perhaps did when I first started. And, you know, when I first started, I honestly didn't know anybody else who was a coach. So I had very little to go off. Um, I only knew really well-known worldwide names I didn't know anybody who was someone who also happened to be in London and had set up her own coaching business like I just didn't have anybody in my field that I even knew of which I'm so happy about because it really gave me deep space to find my own voice find my own expression figure out who I love to coach figure out who I was as a coach and just keep really trying things out so my main suggestion here in when we're finding ourselves deep in comparison is how much more time am I spending observing everyone else versus how much time am I spending in my own channel? Comparison has a way of creating this really rocky feeling within us where we feel really unsteady, really unstable. And when we feel that way, we then start to doubt, we then start to question, we then start to um, create an environment for our fears to thrive in because we feel uncertain, we feel unstable, etc. And so really it's less about how can I stop comparison and more about how can I get back into my own channel? How can I make sure that I'm honoring and doing the practices and the things that I need to do in order to be really hearing my wisdom, really hearing my voice, really feeling stable and safe and secure within myself and really honoring all of that. And when we step into that, the comparison just starts to melt away without us really even needing to think about it so much. So I would say it's like focus less on like losing the comparison and more about getting back into your own channel. And that's going to look slightly different for everybody, depending on what your practices are, your rituals are. I'm not going to give you a ton of them because I know that you already know them. I know that you already know them. I know that you know what to do to get you back into that place of feeling really safe in your soul safe in yourself, feeling really secure in yourself, feeling really stable, listening to your own innate wisdom, hearing your own voice, being in your own channel, hearing your own creativity and inspiration come through. You know it. Like, come on, you know it. And sometimes it's just really easy to fall out of those patterns. So if you've noticed that I'm deep, deep, deep in comparison this week. And oh, I've also fallen out of doing the things that normally really support me, like my journaling, my meditating, my walking, my rituals, my embodied dance, my whatever it is that you do. Then this is the time to claim that back. Claim that back first. 
And then it's going to be looking at a few thing, extra things like boundaries. What are your boundaries like in terms of how much you're consuming versus creating? What are your boundaries like there? And also, what are the stories mainly that come up for you around comparison? Like, generally speaking, it isn't just, it doesn't just stop at you comparing yourself to someone else. It's, it goes deeper than that. It's like, oh, they're better than me which means that I'm telling myself a story of I'm not good enough or their stuff looks more professional than me, which is me telling myself a story of my stuff doesn't look good enough. Um, you know, they, um, they're more beautiful than me, which means that I don't feel good enough and I can't be visible. So what's the real story that comes up for, for you when you find yourself deep in comparison? What is it really, what's the story that you're really telling yourself? And where can you start to harness changing that story where can you start to focus on the very thing that you're telling yourself you're not good enough in or you can't do or um, isn't accessible to you or you don't deserve or you know they have it that way but I'll never have it this way what's your thing and this is it's it's you know because otherwise if we're not looking at the deep-rooted story that's coming up when you're in comparison we're only going to be um softening the issue but never actually healing the issue so we can soften it by you creating boundaries by you not looking at other people's stuff by you muting people on instagram that's going to soften it and it's a good thing to do but it's not going to get rid of long-term comparison if you don't face what's really coming up when you're comparing yourself and the more that we're able to start facing it so writing it down this is what's come coming up for me the moment I'm in comparison this is what I'm truly feeling writing it all down where is this feeling coming from what age was I when I first experienced this feeling what is this feeling telling me about myself is this true is it true for present day me do I really believe these things about myself what do I need to change or where do I need support? Or what is it that I truly need so that I can start to heal this within myself? Like these are such important pieces to bring in because comparison isn't the root, it's just the symptom. The root is like this feeling of not good enough or whatever is coming up for you. And it's just presenting itself as a symptom of I'm judging myself now every time I go on Facebook and see someone else put their stuff up you know? So really dealing with that deeper stuff, bringing it to your coach, bringing it to your energy healer, bringing it to um, your journal, bringing it to that next conversation so that you can really start to deepen into it. And then once you've started to do that, you'll notice that the next time you find yourself going into comparison mode, you're like, oh, wait a minute. I know exactly what's happening. What's happening is this is coming up. And this is triggered by something that happened to me when I was 15. And when I was had this experience at school or had this experience at college and it made me feel like this. And that's why I'm now feeling triggered by this. But wait a minute. We're working through this. We're healing this. We're getting the support to remove any of those blocks, any of those traumas, any of those feelings about ourselves. And now I know that present day me that sits right now holding this phone, looking at this, knows that actually she is more than capable, that actually she has a really important message to share, that actually she can do it 
just as much as that person can. But I really, 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 really encourage you to do this deeper work of like, why is it coming up? And what is it really? What's the message that's truly coming through here? Because if we don't observe that, if we just simply are like, oh, you know, like every time I see someone, I just remember to cheer them on because I, I should remember that they get to inspire me rather than send me into comparison. That's a very beautiful intent, but it won't get you very far if you don't look at what the deeper issue is. So really really allowing yourself to go there and then it will you'll start to find that comparison just fades away and you start to just be in your own space your own expression and then you genuinely do feel like you want to cheer other people on because what their success doesn't determine your success etc so the deeper work is going to be such a key piece here for you so my loves, I hope this has been a enjoyable episode. I'd love to hear what your main takeaway is, um, your main uh, thoughts. And also if there's anything that you want me to cover in the second piece, round two of a business Q&A, please, please, please pop me a message on Instagram um, or on here so that I can add that into the next episode, which will be coming to you very, very soon. means the absolute world that I've spent time with you today as you've listened in. If this episode has resonated with you, please feel free to share it or to leave me a review. And in the meantime, between episodes, you can stay connected with me over on Instagram at underscore Amelia Francesca.